Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the fifth season of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, Social Impact Stories from Manchester. I'm Deepa Thomas Sutcliffe, your friendly host. It's a privilege and a pleasure for me to interview some of the most inspiring people working in Manchester's social impact sector and feature them on this podcast. My guests are leaders and worker bees associated as employees, trustees and volunteers with social enterprises, non-profits and community groups. They share their life stories and passions with you, dear listener. My aim through this podcast is to inspire you and share a bit of good news. My guests tackle serious concerns in Manchester, but many of these are also universal themes resonating in many parts of the globe. All my guests talk about the power of collaboration and how together we are stronger. They, of course, expand on their pride in Manchester and Mancunians as well. I hope you enjoy listening to the podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also listen to the podcast episodes and read the transcripts on my website www.meetthemancunian.co.uk If you are a new listener, you can log on to www.meetthemancunian.co.uk to listen to the first four seasons of the podcast and read more about my podcasting story. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Meet the Mancunian podcast season five. Looking to support breast cancer survivors? We hear from Heather Glover, co-founder Scarlett in this episode. I'm delighted to introduce my guest Heather Glover, co-founder of Scarlet. Thank you so much, Heather, for taking the time today on a very snowy day, not an icy day yet, but snowy indeed. Yeah, snowy and cold, and it's the best place to be actually deeper. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Tell us about how you found your passion for helping breast cancer survivors. Where did that start? Um, I think it stems from my nursing career. I've wanted to be a nurse all my life, and when I left school, I went straight into nursing and that's what I've done ever since. So over 30 years now I've been um, in nursing. And I think wanting to help people find a solution, children's nursing is what I did as well, predominantly. And I think you work with families, you find solutions, you find ways around things. And there's a lot of health promotion and health education. It's not just about fixing people with a sticking plaster. So when I got breast cancer myself in 2017 and 
originally that meant I had to have the lump removed, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and get back to work. It's not all quite as simple as that, but that was my journey initially. And that's what I did. But then it came back um, nine months after I'd finished treatment. I was diagnosed again. And that time I needed to have a mastectomy with quite a lot of tissue removed because of my prior radiation. I couldn't have reconstruction because of that previous treatment. So I just needed to be sewn flat in case the skin didn't quite um, come together. That was the beginning, really, because um, following... The end of that treatment, I needed to have a preventative mastectomy on my healthy side because I was at um, 18 to 20% increased risk of developing another breast cancer, which I obviously wanted to avoid like the plague. So in order to reduce that risk, I can't eliminate it completely, but in order to reduce it, I need a preventative mastectomy. And also for the year that I lived, people call themselves uniboobers with one boob and a flat chest was probably my most unhappy year because every single when I was dressed I had my false boob in and I could ignore how I felt when I got undressed I was permanently reminded that I'd got something missing and something there and psychologically emotionally confidence wise it was just it was like my worst year so when I actually had my preventative surgery and, and I just asked him to make it look the same as the other side symmetry has always been important to me um I didn't want um scars at different angles or anything that really would have done my head in so he did a really good job I was you know really pleased I could go down the reconstruction route in the future but once I'd healed and this is the beginning of 2020 I actually um didn't like putting my prosthetic breasts on because I felt I looked like Mrs. Doubtfire. I didn't even feel like they made me look like an, a normal woman in inverted commas but I felt every day I'm putting this thing on with fake boobs so that I look like a woman in my clothes or what society thinks a woman's supposed to look like and um, then I get undressed at night and I've got a nippleless chest and I don't know do you know it just it hampered the recovery, so I decided to just embrace my flat shape and remain flat and start learning to love myself again and grow confidence, which did take time um, and didn't happen overnight. But when I discovered that actually it's great not wearing a bra because I used to love getting my bra off, especially after a long day, I could not wait to get it off, digging into my shoulders, digging into my ribs. But when you have that, taken away from you because you lose your breasts which you know you grieve for they've got you through you feeding your children and you growing up and your nice clothes going out you've lost that now you've lost the choice to put nice pretty lingerie on as well because it didn't really exist because you don't need it um and so I spoke to my friend who liked to sew and asked her if she would be um able to make me a scarlet which wasn't called scarlet then I said a flat bra and she did make me a flat bra and it was incredible and I could not believe how I looked and and how I felt when I put that on. I was just like, you know, 10 feet tall, wanted to run outside and just show everyone. I felt so incredibly gorgeous and empowered and brilliant. And that's when we thought we need, you know, I spoke to other women. I was working with Prevent Breast Cancer on the booby campaign. There was other women that had similar surgery to me. And 
we were all disappointed and frustrated with the lack of lingerie. Facebook groups and other groups that have got lots of black women saying, yeah, it's either really expensive or it's really ugly or it doesn't exist. So we just thought, should we launch our own then? And we did that and we called it Scarlet because it's shaped like a bralette, but it's a bralette for scars, not for breasts. And that's where it came from. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, and also the very brave decision that you made to uh, go for that preventative mastectomy as well. It's very difficult decisions, but, you know, uh, prioritizing your health totally made sense. And I also understand from a sense of symmetry, as you shared, uh, that's important to you. So Scarlet comes from that lived experience and it's a really great story about how it started. So what does Scarlet offer now and who is it for? So it is predominantly for flat-chested women who've lost their breasts to breast cancer um, because it is a completely flat piece of soft, gently stretchy, lacy fabric um, and therefore it's not made to support breasts. However, we do have women, they may have had breast cancer and mastectomies with reconstruction, but they've only got small A or B cup breasts, so they do by Scarlet. We've also had transgender and gender fluid customers that have purchased Scarlet as well. Um, and now we have a camisole which stretches to accommodate it breasts because of the way that it's designed and where the lace is that doesn't stretch. So we actually have had quite a few um, women that have got a normal chest that have bought the camisole. But we do have candles as well. We have beautiful candles and burners that are all essential oils and made locally and that's because people were wanting to buy into the scarlet but they didn't want the lingerie because they didn't need the lingerie or have anyone to buy it for so we launched the, the, the gifting range if you like with the candles so that people can still buy into the scarlet and be part of the um, the journey but we have parents and partners and, and friends buying lingerie for the loved ones and the gen they're always people that have got a story you know it's not just like a person that's never had a problem with lingerie it's people that have had a real problem with who they are and they've transitioned or they've lost the breast and they've no confidence and so the mums or dads or partners that are buying these um pieces of lingerie for them are giving a gift that they just are they contact us and they say oh my god i can't believe how my daughter feels or my mum feels and um, she looks absolutely beautiful and she looks sexy as hell. All of this, they just have their confidence and femininity restored so much and that healing journey um, is catapulted just by putting on something that you would think should have existed anyway. Thank you for sharing that and you, it brings us very well to what impact have you made and you also talked about some of the work you were doing around fundraising and body positivity when we were chatting earlier so as well as the lingerie we don't we're not a brand that is just about selling lingerie we want scarlet to be like a double it's we've got the lingerie but we're also about the community so we've got our social media and our website um, with newsletters and blogs that offer women and men support because it, you know, breast cancer does affect more than just the person with it. And we've got my journey on there. We've got other people's survivor stories on there. We've got 
um, blogs about how to dress a flat chest, how to style your, your shape um, from people that are stylists or body shape analyzers. And, and so it's all helpful stuff to, to support. Um, we're very interactive with our customers on our, our Facebook Messenger group. Um, and I mean, we get back to people certainly within 12 hours, 24 hours that message us. They just want to know about sometimes the shipping or the sizing and something that's practical. But sometimes they're about to go for surgery and they're having a wobble and they just want to ask something or they've bought the lingerie and then they put it on and then they just absolutely just have to get in touch with us to tell us how they felt, they send photographs. And through that happening, we've ended up um, growing our ambassadors, which I prefer to call them for our purpose as opposed to influencers. They're women that have been through breast cancer. They've lost their breasts. They are all standing up to it in one way or another and raising awareness and putting themselves out there so that other women can find them and can see it's not as scary and you aren't some kind of freak and you will have beauty and confidence again afterwards. So, um, you know, people that have bought the Scarlet and then they're loving it and they send us these messages. We think they are just the people that need to be ambassadors for our company and purpose. And, you know, we share body positivity messages on our social media and Prevent Breast Cancer, who work closely with as an ambassador, we share their messages to raise awareness of breast cancer and breast health because ultimately they're the only charity in the UK focusing solely on preventing through prediction and early detection and saving lives, which could save so many thousands of lives if we just do it differently. And that needs education. So we all need to keep talking and sharing, really. Thank you. And you're going to connect us with the charity later, so that'd be great as well. And then what challenges have you faced on this two-year journey of its Scarlet? Um, well, it's obviously a lot of pleasure, a lot of fun and privilege, and we're really proud, but it's ongoing. The challenge, I think, with a business, having a nursing background, and Kate, my partner's got a background as a commercial pilot, so business is alien to both of us. So we have both been on you know, business support, coaching courses, um, marketing, trying to learn how to do, what to do. But then we want our customers to be able to purchase the Scarlet more easily, more cheaply in their own countries rather than all online with the shipping costs because we can't do anything about that. We can't control that. But we need to learn how to get Scarlet into countries where we've been asked if it could, you know, they can distribute it in Canada and Greece and Germany. And we'd love that, but we need to learn all of the legalities around that, the tax laws and, and Brexit and everything. So we can't do anything overnight because we have to learn it first. And it will be wonderful to see Scarlet, you know, in other countries and people able to just buy it from their country rather than having to get it from the UK. So that that is a challenge. Another challenge is our manufacturing because we're manufacturing in the UK, which we're really, really proud of and want to continue to do, but that's expensive. We want to keep our product affordable for the women that need it because it used to really bug me that once I'd lost my breasts, I also had to choose from this undesirable range of lingerie that was actually not very nice and expensive. So... Um, we want to keep it affordable, but we also want to try and keep manufacturing in the UK because we've had 
the manufacturers have taken on more women. They've taken on women that lost seamstressing jobs in lingerie because factories in lingerie shut down and we're all going abroad. And women are working from home around the family commitments. And so that's good. That feels good that, you know, we've got women who are enjoying what they're doing. They've got skills and they're using them and they're able to earn a salary. But it, that too is a challenge. Um, and the business side of it, you know, do you spend all this money or do you not? I mean, it's like if it was Monopoly money, of course, just spend it, do it, take that risk. But as a nurse and as a part, we haven't got that. It's hard sometimes knowing what to do for the best. Um, I know what I want to do. And sometimes I think I should just ignore my brain and follow my heart. But uh, marketing is a challenge because we still have people that are just coming across us now. And I'm always a bit surprised thinking, why have you not heard about us before? But why would they have done as well? Because it's really expensive and it's really, really difficult, the marketing side. And when we've got lingerie brands that do sell, you know, there's another brand that sells a stretchy version of a flat uh, type top, which is more expensive and nothing like the Scarlet, not anywhere near as pretty. But they're a big, well-established brand who can afford to pay for all the things you need to pay for in order to be higher up Google and all of that. So that's a challenge. We just want to get the word out there so more people search for us and follow us and therefore we have a bigger presence. But nothing happens overnight. Rome wasn't built in a day, was it? No, it's just been two years, but you're going great guns and I'm sure there'll be even more opportunities as you uh, progress. Yeah, uh, I have an idea for you, which I shall give you at the end uh, as well, because I just thought of something from my e-commerce background. Ah, uh, okay. I used to work for eBay for 10 years. Uh, right. Oh, well, I can't wait for that. Let's look <laughs> at the end then. <laughs> so how can interested people reach out to you and learn more? We have our Facebook and Instagram accounts, which are very active and interactive, and they're at The Scarlet. Um, that's S-K-A-R-L-E-T-T-E. So, uh, and we, we answer all messages that come into us from either of those platforms. We are on TikTok, but that is a work in progress because it scares me to death. So um, that's an, um, another route. But we have our website where we have a contact form um, and we get quite a few customers that contact us that way and ask us, you know, if they can wear the scarlet with X, Y and Z types of bodies. So... And we love to hear. Well, I mean, I'm a people person for sure. And I want to be able to talk to the customers. We've not got an actual shop where you meet people face to face, but we are in contact and very interactive with our customers. So we love getting messages from them on either platform. Great. What advice would you have for people looking to start something similar in another part of the world or another part of the UK? Um, well, similar as in not an, another flat bra range but you mean similar something for flat people something for or... flat women or mm. something for breast cancer survivors or something for in the non-profit space yeah make in it the as community. specific or as general as you like yeah um i'd say don't let yourself hold you back because uh, even though i've just been saying but i'm talking big money holding me back or not if you've got a gut i always think your gut is a very very fantastic instinct to follow and if you've got a good instinct that you think something's missing that could actually um add value 
to the lives of other people and you know how to do it, then I would say take the leap of faith and do it and run with it. Because what's the worst that could happen? You know, with Scarlet, I really hope it soars, flies, and is as successful as I visualize being all over the world with all the different ranges and our own factory and everything. But if it didn't, I've tried, you know, and we have made difference to lots of people already. So I would definitely just say, don't let yourself hold you back and follow your gut. Thank you. An opportunity now for you to talk about anything I haven't asked you about. I think you mentioned you've got a new exciting range coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the um, swimwear. So from the very start, when we launched Scarlet, I wanted swimwear because it's something that you can't conceal under clothes. Actually, if you're going to put your swimwear on, then you're out there, aren't you? And that's a really tricky, I've continued to find that really tricky because either you're in a, 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 I like bikini top if I'm on holiday and you're in a top that crucifies your chest because it's too tight in order not to gape or in order to fit your chest you've got these pockets that even if they're made for the smallest of breasts they still they plop like the air fills them and then they go flat and it's just not a good look and it's not a good feel so we've got our own range of um swimwear coming out which has got a really really good name and we love that name so i've been waiting to launch that for ages and i've got to not slip up and accidentally say it um we've been quite creative with our color combinations and designs to offer quite a lot of interchangeability and flexibility and we've tried to accommodate the needs of we obviously can't accommodate the needs of everybody because there is only so much money with regards to manufacturing but we've tried to accommodate the younger smaller woman that likes to have more skin on show and then the sometimes slightly larger or older who likes to be a bit more modestly dressed in their swimwear so we try to accommodate both of those and um we're hoping to have that launched i mean i did see an email before and i've not read it i'm like crossing my fingers and hoping everything's going to plan for for march april at the latest but when we originally set out with a spring launch for swimwear to be fair it was when we just launched scarlet and we were targeting the UK audience and our spring obviously is, um, well, I know our weather's a bit changeable, but we're heading for like the May, June time. But we do have customers in Australia and New Zealand and Spain and, you know, America and Canada and Mexico. So it doesn't really matter what time of year it comes out because 50% of our customers probably live somewhere nice and warm at some point of the year. (laughs) <laughs> at some point of the year even the UK gets very nice and warm in the summer that's... yeah and actually our latest ambassador to come on board which we're in the middle of sorting everything out but um is another customer because we have ambassadors that love the brand love the lingerie and and want to endorse it and promote it because they believe in it and it does such good for people and the latest lady that's going to come on board is actually an open water swimmer in the UK so wow. even today she'd be out for a swim in the outdoors. So um, hats off to her. But that'll be great because we've got, you know, doesn't matter on the season or the temperature. We'll still have Scarlet swimming around in the outdoors. (laughs) That is a nice thought. I'm now going to move to the signature questions I ask all my guests. And my first one for you is, can you describe the Mancunian spirit in a word or a phrase? Um, 
it is always hard for me to summarise. My husband says I speak in far too many words and it's hard to summarise that one. But I do think um, Mancunians are generally hardworking, hard-loving people. Thank you for sharing that. And I like that very much. And I think it, it does epitomise them very well. Yeah. Can you share a Mancunian who inspires you and why? Well, um, it's not a famous Mancunian that everybody will know. It's actually my mum, who is a Mancunian born and bred. And, you know, she got married to my dad and they had six children. Five of them were boys. I, I take my hat off to her for that one because I don't know how they lived in a semi-detached house of three bedrooms, five boys and a girl. And I believe I was the saint of all of those children. <laughs> but um, she, aside from that, she also fostered children. And she um, worked as a nurse on a children's unit. So she would work on night shifts opposite my dad. Sometimes she'd get no sleep or a bit of sleep. And then she'd have all these children that she'd be looking after. They never depended on any benefits. They took us on holiday every year in the UK. And then, you know, she continued to volunteer all of her life until she got dementia. Um, and raising money either through making cards or singing in choirs and was just an absolute treasure, really, um, and somebody that I continue to think I hope every day that I'm making her proud still. I'm sure you are making her proud, and thank you so much for sharing that. Um, can you share what's the most important life lesson you've learned so far? Um, to grab life by the horns, definitely. I think don't put anything off that you could possibly, possibly realistically do today i'm not saying go and spend all your life savings but if there's anything that you would really want to do with somebody that you really want to do it with then go and get it done because none of us are gifted tomorrow and even i mean i've learned that more because of the last five years and, and the friendships and the communities that i now mix in more um then obviously the risk of people passing away because of cancer is increased because I have more friends with cancer but prior to Christmas there was um, two more long distant friends that I had who were both like late 40s early 50s who went to bed and were, were dead and you know they've got children my children's ages they weren't expected to die and that's really awful and I just think we need to not take any life for granted because it isn't just me who's had cancer. You know, I say to my family, not, you might, we can't think you've got tomorrow. And if there's something you want to do, you need to go and do it. See the people you want to be with. Yeah, I think that's such an important life lesson because we really need to seize every moment and cherish our loved ones and spend time with them. Yeah, we do. We do. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, I dream of having like a magic wand that I could just like tinker about, sprinkle on the entire world and just get rid of all the horrible nastiness that goes on, the fear and the, just the evil people and that it would be a peaceful, loving, calm, happy, realistic place. I'm not saying everyone should all be like hippies with the pink uh, rose-tinted spectacles, but just that we can trust each other and we can love each other and live and let live and stop dictating to each other. I hope that wish comes through. It will be very nice to have that kind of world and where we are. Yeah. There are lots of good people out there, of course, but uh, there are some not so good as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Heather, thank you so much for talking to me and my listeners. I really enjoyed learning about all the great work you and Scarlett are doing today. Thank you. Thank you. And long may it continue. Absolutely. Heather, thank you for talking to me and my listeners. I really enjoyed learning about helping breast cancer survivors today. Dear listener, thank you for listening to the fifth episode of Season 5 of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, Social Impact Stories from Manchester. I hope you enjoyed it and it motivates you to follow your own dreams and passions. Please do consider visiting the website www.meetthemancunian.co.uk to leave me some feedback or suggestions on what causes resonated with you or ones that you would like to see featured here. I really welcome listener feedback and will do my best to incorporate your suggestions in future episodes. Next week, the Meet the Mancunian podcast talks to Kaisra Shiraz about encouraging interfaith understanding. Tune in on Tuesday, 23rd May 2023 to hear the next episode. You can follow the podcast on social media as at the rate Meet the Mancunian on Instagram or Facebook or as at the rate Mancunian pod on Twitter. It would be lovely if you could share or leave a comment. Please do also consider introducing this podcast to a friend or a family member. You can also sign up for my new newsletter on www.meetthemancunian.co.uk. No spam weekly episode roundups, bonus content and a preview of what's coming up next on the podcast. Thank you so much.